What up? What up? What up? It's Reckly Podcast, man. My name is Randy Little. Welcome to episode 124. The primary topic of discussion this episode is myself, Sigmund, Rocket, talking Christmas movies. It's a topic that has been done before, but I feel like the only other time I did it, it was like one-on-one with like multiple various different people. This is a group conversation. We've done the group top whatever lists before, but it's Christmas though. It's the only, it's the last group episode for the year. So had to make it Christmas. You know how we do. It's December. Um, Next episode, the last episode of the year will drop on the 31st. And it'll be everybody's five favorite movies. The one-on-one episode, the, everybody's favorite movies of 2023. Um, I guess let's get into the recent theatrically released The Weekend of December 1st. The only thing I really know that came out was uh, Silent Night, the, the John Woo action starring Joel Kinnaman. And... um. This past weekend, nothing came out wide theatrically. Merry Little Batman is on Prime. Uh, Candy Cane Lane came out on the first as well on Prime. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to like man up and fight, you know, fight my way through this shit. I've been sick, but I didn't want to bail on this episode, so a cough here and there is probably gonna go down. My bad. Um. Merry Little Batman on Prime, Candy Cane Lane on Prime, neither of which are very good at all, both Christmas movies. Uh, but yeah, like this past weekend, nothing came out theatrically. Cause like Poor Things is going to get a wider release. And there's that Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali joint on Netflix. Um, this upcoming weekend, Wonka comes out. I thought uh, Anyone But You was coming out, but that takes me to the 22nd, which Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom comes out. I think Migration comes out. Anyone But You comes out. And then uh, Rebel Moon, the new Zack Snyder, is going to be on Netflix. And then The Color Purple, my guy Merritt, his most anticipated release for the rest of the year. That's going to come out Christmas Day. Um... The Iron Claw, I believe, is on the 22nd. Let's jump into recent physical media releases. That last Tuesday in November, WandaVision came out. That Steelbook, Blu-ray 4K. It looks like Love Actually and The Naked Gun got 4Ks. Um, Monk. Season one got a Blu-ray. A Haunting in Venice got a Blu-ray. I see some re-releases. And then we're with December the 5th. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny finally came out. Blu-ray in 4K. 
I see a color purple 4K. I see a Stand By Me 4K. Looks like Young Guns got a re-release. I don't know what boutique label put the Odd Couple TV show on physical. Um, This upcoming Tuesday, the 12th of December, is probably going to bankrupt me. The creator comes out. The Mandalorian Season 1 and 2 get... uh, Blu-ray and 4K steelbooks. The Weird Al movie that da- Daniel Radcliffe did is coming out. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is coming out. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's is coming out. School Days 4K. Dumb Money is coming out. And I'm copping most of this. Like I said, Bankrupt. Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. How could I miss that? That's coming out. Ah. That seems to be it for theatrical and physical releases, man. When I come back, Squad will be here. We'll talk about some early topics, but it's it's mainly favorite Christmas movies. Rec League Podcast. Back at it. Two and a half men, because I'm not giving Eric and that Avatar pick full credit. Uh, So you're the Angus T. Jones of this episode. He dealing with knuckleheads and not even at the mic right now. Uh, Rocket Seasons, your greetings. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Joyous, festivist Boxing Day. All of it. All of it. Uh, Marriott was supposed to be with us. And he wanted he wanted to address some shit. So in his honor, I'm gonna address some shit. He hit me up yesterday, and like he feel like I was like kind of like laughing him off, disregarding him. But I thought about it too, and like the the the, the final product shows exactly what was said. He he hit me up heated because Taika Waititi said that he didn't know shit about Thor. He took Ragnarok for the money, or he took Love and Thunder for the money, or one of them, and. Uh, like read like 60 pages of a Thor comic and uh, I love loving I love Ragnarok I love Ragnarok put that on the record it's like one of my top five MCU movies I love Ragnarok it was it was perfect it was the perfect balance of quirkiness Marvel badass fun what you want answered like those Hulk questions and it's my favorite version of Mark Ruffalo's Hulk period but then, like, Love and Thunder is ass cheeks. It, it's overkill of everything that went right in Ragnarok. So, um, what, what you think about Rocket? What you think about Taika Watatiki's comments and the final product of both movies? And basically, Love and Thunder was just a cash grab paycheck for him. And even, like, Hemsworth has come out and said, like, if, we, if I do five, we got to go in a different direction and all of that. Well, I will say this. The first Thor, directed by Kenneth Branagh, is very underrated. It is. I think that's, I think it's it's underrated. It's a damn good movie. But if we're talking about Taika Waititi here, pretty much Thor Ragnarok, that's my favorite Thor movie in the series. Now, here's the million-dollar question, and I'll play devil's advocate here. Do you, is, oh, oh, do, you say, have, do you have a million dollars? No, we don't. <laughs> but let's I, say, I, I um, might not ask that question then. <laughs> 
<laughs> let's say Thor Love and Thunder Trash Was good Would, it, it, would he even it be seeing these comments No, no. You know what I mean? And that's the point of it is It's funny when Like but us Like Marvel fans You got normies you, Like I'll, I'll take this Fandom It can be toxic Star and Wars He goes from doing Thor Ragnarok Everybody has a great time They praise him He goes off and does Jojo Rabbit and he wins an Academy Award for that movie. I think for writing it or something. He wins an Academy Award for that. He's being praised. He does this movie, Love and Thunder, and everybody hates him. Kevin Feige it's, basically told him, whatever, what, do whatever you want. Exactly. And the thing is, I agree. It's not the best Thor movie. It's best than Thor The Dark World. But I think they overdid the silliness. I think they overdid the silliness. Like certain scenes, okay, great, cool. With the floating axe, great. The first time. But then they kept on repeating it. Then the goats, after a while, that was too like they sided more on the side of silliness. And I think with the with um when either Ragnarok had a nice balance. Yes. There were some jokes, but it was serious. There were stakes. But then, you know, they would, you know, break it with a nice, you know, with a joke. Like there was good balance. Yes. Where here it was just too much unbalanced. Too many jokes. I think it was like it was constantly joking all the time. Yes. It was always a quick joke here, quick joke there. So I mean I don't that's those are the comments he makes, that's what he says. Do I believe him? To a degree. Maybe when he did the first tour, he didn't know much about the character. And he did some reading up on it. But to say that he just did it for a paycheck and now this and that. Like I said, if, if Thor Love and uh, Thunder was great or even half as good as Ragnarok, those comments wouldn't have been made and we would have never known any better. I believe it. I think I was watching the animated Grinch before that basketball game last night and at the very end a goat screamed and I just thought, ew, Love and Thunder. <laughs> ew, Thor Love and Thunder. Eric, you get the gist of what I was talking about? Yeah, about uh, Taco Waititi's comments on his yeah. motivation for taking the job. He's, he comes off, like, too smug and, like, oh, I'm too cool to read comic books. He completely does have that, yeah. like, Tim Burton vibe. Like, I had no Did you, uh, background on the, the character. of the interview? Nah. Merritt brought this yeah. up. Like, I'm, like, bringing up this discussion on behalf of, like, uh, Merritt wanted to talk about it but couldn't make the episode. Uh, I got you. So, <laughs> so, you know what show he said that on, right? I'm saying this for a reason. Nah, yeah. He said this on Smartless. Oh, I skipped that episode because I think Taika Waititi's a douche. <laughs> you, yeah, he said that on Smartless. Um, they asked him about that. He was, um, you know, he spoke about his family. Like, oh, I can support. It's kind of tricky. And I think if you listen to the episode, it comes off a tad different than reading it being okay. quoted in print. I'm almost caught up on the backlog. I'm on the Craig Robinson episode yeah. right now. Yeah, and I think when he said it, because I actually heard him say it, and he put it in better content context than the media is going to do it for him. And I don't think he was um, trying to come off like that. He Are was we just, um, and he makes it a tad bit clearer so was, than it was, is when you listen. Was Ragnarok for the check, or was Love and Thunder for the check? Um, that's the thing. He didn't, when you say, oh, I did it for the money, he didn't say it like that. Per se, I want to believe that uh, he, he he took it into consideration. Yes, but who doesn't take a job 
for the money. Who exactly. doesn't consider that? Yeah. And um, but he was honest, and I think him saying he wasn't a fan is not him trying to be. Oh, I don't care. I, I, I'm too. I think it's him being honest. And um, once again, if you you hear him out of his mouth when he's saying it, it sounds better than reading it in print. Yeah. And because it really comes off like that, even though I heard it, it still came off like that. Reading it when somebody quoted him. The only thing I can give him props for is bagging Rita Ora. <laughs> yeah, they married now. Ain't she's, they? she's so fine. Yeah, but um, I agree everything y'all said about um, um, Ragnarok and Love and Thunder. Um, Trash. Which is funny. They talking this BS about um. Um, miss um, the marbles. I'm sorry. Oh, there weren't enough. We should have had some more executives on set. Blah blah blah. Get the heck out the of the head of Disney. Literally said that. Yeah, and more executives like, yeah. on set isn't going to make more box office jackass. No. But like what um what Sean said, there there's a balance with crew um with studio studio um uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Studio collaboration and studio interference. There's a fine line. With yeah. That. And sometimes you can let a filmmaker go too free, and sometimes they got to be pulled back a bit. If Iger or whoever's running Disney in the moment just lets Kevin Feige cook, you're going to get a good product. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the thing with um, Love and Thunder, it was Trash. a little too ambitious <laughs> for his own good. I'm trying to be nicer than Randy. No, nah, bro, it's like... It's sorry, sorry, Sean. It's not better than the Dark World. It's the worst MCU movie, not the worst Thor movie. <laughs> yeah, it's um, cause I give you this, y'all speak of um Game of Thrones. For as many as people that don't like the Dark World, um, yeah, and Terminator Genesis. I know where you're going. Yeah, no, the Dark World, only second to um Ragnarok, has a very distinct look to it. It um, because um, a criticism about MCU movies is that they look very plain cinematography wise, and you can tell that um, I forget his name, Taylor, um, who's a regular director, Alan Taylor, who's a regular director of um, Game of Thrones episodes. You can tell that with Dark, the Dark World, that you know this guy has an an eye for um, that certain look. HBO loves him because he directed the Mini Saints in Newark. He, I, Sopranos yeah, episodes. He, I think he did the director. Wire. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, it's yeah. Uh, Love and Thunder could have been something special, and it, they just they turned it into a two hundred million dollar mediocre sitcom. Yeah. But mediocre but yeah, sounds I, I like, like a Waititi. He's a talent. He'll be all right. He's a talented filmmaker. Oh, yeah. he, deserved, he deserved that Oscar for um, adapted screen. Play. False. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't seen um, Next Goal win. I'm sure it's not bad, but we'll see. Because of Fassbender, yeah, um, not because of him. <laughs> but actually, listening to the interview, I think it's, it's the quote was misunderstood. And it makes him come off a certain way, and I don't. Um, I, that's not the case, in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> so I, I quickly run through the three trailers I've written down. Uh, I'm not like I thought the Furiosa trailer was cool it, was like, it looks like Fury Road I'm gonna watch it Yeah. Like, but like I'm not like I didn't start jerking off as soon as I saw it though. <laughs> like a lot of motherfuckers like oh my god new Mad Max Furiosa like yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy's perfect casting for young Charlize Theron yeah and 
it's like it's George Miller, so like Chris Hemsworth can be goofy enough to like do that character. It looks like they brought uh Immortan Joe back. I mean, it's a prequel, so they could. Right. But is it before? Oh, never mind. The dude that played Immortan Joe in Fury Road was in the original Mad Max, but he wasn't. Yeah, he Immortan just recently Joe. passed away. Yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think because like, yeah. kind of like the 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 typical rec league tangent, right? Quick, like. <laughs> My my like I mentioned in the group chat, like my most anticipated list for next year is a bunch of shit that like I'm curious about, but not like overly excited for. And this is on there. Mm. So, Eric, what you think of this trailer? No, like you said, it's um, it's, it's a George Miller movie. I'm sorry, Doctor George Miller. Is it nine years <laughs> too late though? Like we heard about this in 2016. Yeah, sometime that could be. That could be. I don't think it's any gray area with a belated movie. It, it could just it'd be really good or really bad. <laughs> it'll be. It'll be. And good. I think, but George Miller, I like no doubt the, the gap between Fury Road and Thunderdome. <laughs> you know, no yeah. shit. I, I think it'll be all right at the. Yeah, I don't think is there a bad George Miller movie. And I, I'm including the Babe movies. Yeah, so I wanted to say like Babe Pig in the City just to talk shit, but I don't but know. But that's that was good. Nobody went to go see it. Happy Feet Two. <laughs> I like that movie. I'm just talking yeah, shit. I've never seen the Happy Feet movies. Really? Really? They're pretty fun. They're fun. They're fun. Oh man, I thought y'all was um, the man, the animated movie. I thought y'all saw them all. Not all of them. Yeah, but now um, Furiosa, it'll I, it'll be fine. I don't think it'll be it. The only thing it has going against it is going to be compared to Fury Road, which is one of the best modern action movies Facts. ever. But like, it, I wanted to like, I wanted to move. Like Memorial Day weekend is so stacked. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. Oh, he did yeah. that genie movie with Idris Elba and uh, Tilda Swinton, didn't he? I didn't see that. How I didn't that? see that shit either. <laughs> Forgot about that. Lorenzo's Oil, The Witches of Eastwick. Which is a good movie. Okay. Yeah, Lorenzo Oil, um, yeah, just a heavy movie. J- heavy Jason Bateman and Paul. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's what more can you say? That's, I think, great casting, like you said. It looks great. And yeah, I can't. Um, yeah, okay. I can't wait to check it out. He didn't direct the first Babe. Um, no, he directed. Who directed the first Babe? Chris Noonan. Is that the villain uh, from Last Action Hero? No, <laughs> no. That's Tom Noonan. Okay. <laughs> no relation. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, that's Rocket. What you think of Furiosa? <clears throat> I'm excited to see it, but I knew, like we said, it's been talked about for how many years now? So now that it's finally coming out, okay, I'm excited that it's coming out. Will I be there? Absolutely. Um, Fury Road was fantastic. What got me, though, is in the trailer, like when they were doing the titles and all that, and you're reading it, it's like 45 years before, the, like, like the timeline, like where does this take place then? Is it before, you know, because they were saying, you know, when, you know. The original the Mad Max collapsed. is like 45 years yeah. old, right? Yeah, because it says, they don't, you know, during the world collapse and all that. But yet, 
you know, Mel Gibson's character, Max, you know, when Mad Max, they were still civilization. Yeah. You know, so it's like, where does this fit? Like, does this take place, say, after Road Warrior? And then even though Thunderdome is happening, this is happening at the same time? Like, but that doesn't make sense because, well, this one would make sense in that sense. Because Max is not in this movie. This is right. a young version of Fairy Facts, Yeah. So I can see where maybe this took place after Road Warrior, even though Max is doing his own thing on the side. And then, you know, say Beyond Thunderdome happens, then they meet up again in Fury Road. Like, that's the thing is, like, I understand you're trying to do these side characters, these movies, but if you're going to do it, you know... Every franchise needs a universe. In, yeah. Make it fit in the overall story or timeline. But George Miller did say he doesn't care about that stuff. So there will be a reference, it, you know. So at the end of the day, I mean, I'm excited to a degree. Yeah, I, I feel like you, Randy, looking into next year, stuff being pushed back and all that because of the strike. My yeah. most anticipated movie is Dune too. That's an early that's gonna be And that's going to be early because I, I think it's coming out in March. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They just delayed the fall guy because of that. Yeah, so we'll see what happens for next year. But with um, the Furiosa, you know, I'm excited to watch it. I thought I, mean, I was going to be the only one that felt like that. I love you guys. No. Nah, bro, <laughs> I don't think you, you don't call it a Mad Max saga without like, and it's going to be like two and a half hours long. So you don't like call it a Mad Max saga without some kind of Max reference. Um, should we do the TV show or the other movie? I'm asking. It's a TV show. It's a TV show. The Boys, season four. Can't wait. <laughs> That's it. Can't wait. That's right. it. He can't wait. I mean, like the 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 <clears throat> the scene of like Homelander, like off to the side among all the chaos, was like, dude, that's season four in a nutshell. Like, I love it. <clears throat> that's one thing about the show is they're not scared to do the crazy. Nah. I mean, where was it the? The opening episode of season one, I mean, you got a guy walking into a penis hole. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, yep, that's all I need to see. Do not watch this with kids. Pause. So I was die laughing. I was like, yeah, only the boys would pull this shit off. Same thing with Gen V. If you think about it, same thing with Gen Like, they're not scared to do anything. Like... What is it? The boys? What was it? In Mexico? Whatever they call the the, the other spinoff? I can't wait. Who the hell knows what they're gonna pull off with that? Yeah. Somebody's getting a jalapeno pepper shoved up their ass. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh man. Yeah. But I mean, like when it comes to the boys, I'm a federale. It's. I did it for the it, red, the white, and the green. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but, but like, like I said, the boys to me is there's nothing much to say because yeah. for the most part, I know people. There's gonna be people that don't like the show. I it's, get it's it. so wild, but yeah. the majority that I know of does like the show, and it's a fantastic show. The writing is great, characters are great, acting. I mean, it the, that show leaves you speechless it's, after every episode. It's so crazy that like among everything that DC is doing or trying to do or about to do and everything that Marvel is doing or trying to do or about to do Prime or MGM, I'm not sure, 
has like between Invincible, the boys, Gen V has like the peak comic book content right now. Mm-hmm. And it's always stuff that is comic book or hero related to a degree that nobody knows. Like nobody knew what the hell the boys was until but the show came out. Prime has Merry Little Batman instead of Max, so that's a knock against Amazon. You know, so it's that's the thing. Is sometimes some of these characters or in the comic book world that are getting shine and get put to light now or characters that, like I said, unless you're a low-key fan, like, I'll be honest with you, I never heard of The Boys until nah. the show came out. Nope. And I didn't even know it was a comic book. And that's the thing is, like, don't get it twisted. Like, some of the, nor- like, like maybe Normies don't understand. The Boys is basically about, you know, Jack Quay's character, Carl Urban's character, you know what I mean? Though they're the boys, not not the heroes. You know, and yeah, some people get that seven. mixed up. But I mean, if the new trailer, uh, Butcher says it. He tells yeah. he t- whoever Jeffrey Dean Morgan what? is, what's your code name? The boys. That was the boys. worst Carl Urban of all time. I'm ashamed. Who come up with that bullshit? Jeffrey Dean Morgan steals everything he does. I, like, I, yeah. Just hope he's not dirty. I just hope that, you know, Jared Padalecki gets a shot at this show because what? Tim Kripke's though is the writer. He did they all the supernatural together and all that. So Word. we'll see if he brings in Jared Padalecki even on a episode. That'd be cool. Flashback episode with um, whatever Soldier his name Boy. is, Soldier Boy. Yeah, <laughs> Soldier Boy off in this hole. Jack, Jensen Eccles, yeah. Superman, that hoe. Uh, <laughs> Eric, you there? Oh, yes, I'm here. No knuckleheads? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but um, what is this, the fourth season of The Boys? Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious if they have... Um, what I'm worried about is... Of course, when this show came out... Um, those who knew about the comic or whatever they knew, um, Homelander became the thing about the show. Yes. And um, I'm curious if they have with the show an end game. No. Um, at least discussed. Marvel will not let them borrow Thanos. <laughs> you knucklehead. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you don't want the show to show still do this um, to jump the shark. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. because um, I wonder if they're scared to kill off Homelander, you know? Thanks for that spoiler. I mean, no, it's not a spoiler. I'm saying just oh, in no. general. If you they... just confirmed he dies in the comics, so he's going to die in the show. <laughs> I, thanks I a, thanks a lot. Oh, you know, go ahead. Have y'all read it? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go. But yeah, that's... That's my thoughts. Randy, uh, you take it. Last trailer before the first break. How do I even, like, say this? Like, Godzilla times Kong, X-Kong. The New Empire, Godzilla and Kong, the New Empire. Trailer was fine until they started, like, running at the end. And now, oh, this looks shitty. Eh, looks could be deceiving. It could be a non-finished product, too, like... Look I at Aladdin. Let's take Aladdin, so. for example. When, 
you know, when they were doing the trailers for Aladdin and all that, some of the CGI with Will Smith did not look good. And I'm like, oh, boy. Look for great in the movie. Remember, this is just a trailer. Let's see what the finished product Indeed. does look like. No, I just like the, the team up of them running, not the effects or anything, not anything visual, just them running together. Like, yeah, let's go stop the bad gorilla. Godzilla, like <laughs> Kong had to help Godzilla with the robot Godzilla. Now Godzilla has to help Kong with this other ape. Wh- whatever, mm-hmm. dude. I'll be there. Oh, yeah, I'm going to see it. Self-torture is something I do on the weekends with movies that might not be that good. (laughs) I mean, but look at the... I'm just happy we're living in a time where on either side of the world, the um, different filmmakers are making different Godzilla movies. (laughs) Absolutely. And one of them is, like, legitimately fantastic. I just felt like the kid in Shrek Forever After. Do the roar. Do the roar. (laughs) Eric, have you seen Godzilla Minus One? I'm dying to see it. Yeah, I have. I just saw it yesterday. And I wish I could. I was trying to hold off. There's no premium cinemas around me showing. I just went to a regular one. But no, it's, it's, yeah, definitely go see it. It's it's Uh, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. The, the rich boy had to settle for something pedestrian. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, it's um, yeah, it's, it's real deal, like holy legit, field. real deal, holy field. I need to log down real, with you. Real deal, holy field. Um, let's break, then we get Christmassy. All right, December, Christmas season. These dudes off wax talking about kung fu movies. Um, I ain't even really put a list together. I ain't gonna lie to you, cause like I don't like on my Christmas movies list. I have like my five star movies one through five, but I don't know if those are like my five favorite Christmas movies. Cause you can watch some dog shit during Christmas, and it's a Christmas movie. I like it. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. I, I don't mean to cut you off, host. I want to. I got to tell you some piece of trivia. You know what? I'm going to wait till the movie comes up. It's definitely going to come up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> that was incredibly <laughs> rude. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no disrespect, but fuck you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he come in there and he said, look, I'm Rick James. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm Rick James, bitch. Uh, oh, Rocket, this is this top. What? Like, first, I want to put this shit out there because like, as like a counter topic, I thought about talking about this, but then I thought like I was weird and nobody else thinks like this. But like, do Christmas movies that aren't do movies that come out around Christmas time but are not at all Christmas movies give y'all Christmas movie vibes, or is it just me? If you listen and watch and drop a comment too, because what's an example? Like migration, have- migration comes out Christmas Day. Wonka, yeah. Aquaman, The Faculty. Um, Fuck, I had something. I'll be honest with you. Like the, the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I know what you're saying. So it's, it's I'm going to contradict myself. But no, I'm doing it. <laughs> like, I don't think so, unless it's Christmas-based. But when The Greatest Showman came out, it came out, like, I think December yeah. like 20th, like the week of Christmas. And... Even though it's not a Christmas movie, 
it does give you sort of like a Christmas vibe. That's like that's what Wonka's going for, like that family warm fuzzy. It comes yeah. out in December. So that's why they're doing it. They want the family to go see it during this. Yeah. So. So so no, I'm dumb. No, <laughs> no, but no, you're not dumb. Like the faculty it's, comes it's, out it's, Christmas Day. There's nothing Christmas about it at all. But you know what though? It's 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 also about that experience. So, for example, so you see a movie on Christmas Day that has nothing to do with Christmas. Like Merit in the Color family, Purple in two weeks. You know, you see you see it with your family, whatever, and you guys have a great experience and all that. That's a memory you will always have, and you will always associate that movie that we sort on this time. So it all depends on everyone. So it's you not know, weird if I watch The Iron Claw next December? Nope. Nope. Not Not at all. Uh, I just I just saw a movie that I didn't even know I love I grew up on this movie and didn't realize it takes place during Christmas. It's called Night of the Comet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Night of the Comet in twenty years, like the reindeer. So I, I I, no no, it's called Night of the Comet, and it's funny because it's I saw that movie growing up as a kid. You know. 12, 13, it was always on HBO. Yeah. Had it on Blu-ray, Shout Factory, or Screen Factory released it. They upgraded to 4K. I've got the 4K. I was like, you know what? I want to see what the picture quality and all that is. And I haven't seen the movie in so long. It's based in, it's during Christmas time. And I even, like, it's a zombie, it's kind of like a quote-unquote zombie-ish apocalypse type movie. Yeah. But it takes place during that time frame of Christmas and all that. And I didn't even, I never realized it until I seen it last week. I was like, damn, how did I not remember this? The but Earth is passing like through like the tail years. of a comet, which an event which has not occurred in 65 million years and coincided with the extinction event that wiped out the dinosaurs. On the night of the comet's mm-hmm. passage, Man. 11 days before Christmas, large crowds gather outside <laughs> to watch and celebrate. See? Adding it to the ne- next year's Mary binge. Stewart. I used to have a crush on her. She was oh, killing think- Bernie's. Hey. Oh man, I think yes. everybody did. Everybody did. Yeah, this is before your time, Randy. Yeah, yeah. y'all motherfuckers Yo, old. Born in 90. <laughs> y'all motherfuckers old. I'm Randy's born '94. We good? <laughs> yeah. no, born '1994, right, Randy? 1986. Come correct. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's only a oh, year man. and a half older than me. So, all right, Rocket. That's crazy. What's your number five? Yeah. My number five? This is your idea. You didn't put a list together either. I would... No, I, I, <laughs> I, I got my list right here. All right. I got my list right here. Number five, to me, I think it's White Christmas. Racist. He beat me by one second. Oh, man. White Christmas. Oh, man. Yes, terrible. <laughs> the yeah. irony that right, Eric's first pick is Black Christmas. <laughs> oh, man. Damn. Yeah. No, White Christmas. I grew up watching mostly with my, with my dad. And the Bing Crosby? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney. You, you so George old. I, kind of, you, I feel bad about the jokes. You so old. <laughs> no. uh, oh, it gets it gets older trust me 
So great, but not, but like I just grew up watching that with my dad, you know, and these movies. So like moved out here, moved away from my family. And that's what reminds me of back home and said, so and I just kept watching them and watching them. So, so pretty much like I, that's one of my top five that I watch every year. It's not bad. Eric, which version of black Christmas is your number five? <laughs> That's funny. Black Christmas, the original one. I gotta say this. Have y'all seen it? The original? I've only seen the 06 Dumpster Fire. Yes. Oh, I own it. I own it. I own it. Marco so Black Christmas has got to have the worst detective work. Okay, Randy hasn't seen it. So the the ending, <laughs> one of the best, one of the best endings in the slasher movie. And so, uh, without spoiling it, it got 74, 50 years. Too bad. Y'all ain't yeah. did it. Yeah, just say it. Just do it. Now, so they leave the, I think I got my five. the final girl after we think the killer is taken care of. They leave the final girl. All right, cops, our work here is done. We're going to leave you here alone. Bye. And then the phone starts oh ringing. <laughs> and that's oh when the camera God. pans out. I'm like, man, y'all are the most horrible well, oh. it's, it's like the Simpsons, Chief Wiggum type. Like, well, that's oh, it, boys. But, but anyway. <laughs> oh, my, my fifth movie, man, I'm going to go, since people, they want to rag on it, talking about, oh, it's not a, I'm going to say Die Hard. That's five? Yeah, I'm I'm putting it low on the list for a reason. Because there's more traditional Christmas. Um, yeah. There's much more See, traditional the movies on my list. That's the thing. This might be my last show after I make this comment. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like, like in the beginning, when how we got started talking was, like I said, you know, I didn't think Die Hard was a Christmas movie. But, like, I think that's the thing in my mind. Is, you said it, Eric. A tradi- more traditional Christmas yeah. movie. Like I said, I brought up Night of the Comet. And if you actually think about it, yes, it takes place 11 days before Christmas and all that. And we're going to get to the you, bottom of that. Go ahead. Yeah. But if you take that Christmas element away, and it was just... Nothing have changes. Any of that, nothing changes. And that's how I feel like with Die Hard. But, like I said, I understand why you guys do so, see this Christmas movie. There's a certain element is, to like that. Here we go. The thing is, if you take Christmas away, mm-hmm. everything does changes. Because it plays into it. Why is Bruce Willis... Why is John McClane visited? He well, literally... Yeah, he's doing this for the Christmas party for his wife. Got invited to a Christmas that. party by mistake. Yep. Who knew? Why yeah. are the terrorists doing what they're doing on that particular date? Because they know the building is going to be empty. Does everybody's going to be on one floor for the Christmas party? Yep. California. Yeah, you know, there are elements that, yeah. even though it's not Christmas 24 all the time on in the movie, the Christmas element is the reason why these events yes. are happening. Christmas plays into the plot. This is what yes. makes it so easy. This like, is um, I see Christmas this. music. Yes, exactly. It's being used as a joke, but then you got some idiots out there who are taking it seriously. Um, Rambo takes place during Christmas. Yes, it does. It does not play into the plot. First Blood? At all. Yep. Yes, First Blood. Okay. Same thing with Lethal Weapon. Yeah, like I love Lethal Weapon and I watch it almost every year, but yeah, you can take Christmas out of Lethal Weapon and still have the movie. And I'm going to tell you this go deeper. There's um, Lethal Weapon, 
Um, tell me what these have in common. Lethal Weapon, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3. Shane Black said the reason he sets these movies during Christmas is he said he finds it interesting that these evil things are happening during such a wholesome time of year. He said Christmas doesn't necessarily mean anything to the plot. It's just that always intrigued him that so much bad can be happening around such a wholesome holiday. That's why he does that with the Christmas. So that's that. And yeah, Die Hard is Christmas is important to the plot. I don't know um, if you take it away. There is no bird. There is no robbery of the building. John McClane will not be there. These elements were written like this very specifically. And like I said, you know, I understand why you guys see that. Like, what, because me, I could watch Die Hard. I could watch it in January. I could watch. Yeah, it that's June. the thing. Could, it's beautiful. That's, you go. It came that's out. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it came out in July. You know, so yeah, July. I'm sorry, but also, so did Holiday Inn. That's the movie where the mm. song "White Christmas" comes from. It's not the movie "White Christmas." Racist. The, nope. Yeah, I was ten years this, before. And the funny thing about this, my wife says, you know, like. We'll get to that movie on this list. But my wife says, technically, Holiday Inn is a all-year-round movie because it celebrates all the holidays. Does Chingy know true. this? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Oh. Uh, yeah, but anyway, now, Die Hard. Um, I'll put that as number five. And uh, one of the greatest action movies ever. <laughs> and a pretty, decent, a pretty decent... Christmas movie, and there's an element that's very important in traditional Christmas movies is family. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning of the movie, their their marriage is on the rocks. They get into an argument, and you know these traditional Christmas movies they they play. That's usually a big factor, which is family. Can't believe she used mm-hmm. her maiden name. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Gennaro and McLean. Like, yeah, and, but yeah, that's. Die Hard is what it is, and I think it's a great movie, and I'm actually going to see it tonight in theaters. Shut up. For, for, its, <laughs> for its 35th anniversary. Yeah. I saw it in the theater, I think, in 2020. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you saw it on the big screen. I wanted that's to see it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. But yeah, that's uh, that's number five for me, Die Hard. I think, like, all, every movie I'm going to mention is some shit I watch every year without fail. So I think, mm-hmm. I think at number five, I'm going to go with The Night Before. Ah, yeah, okay. Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the, the, the raunchy humor, the, the, I just, it's dumb as fuck, but I love it. <laughs> it's hilarious. Because it's got all Nerd. the elements that y'all talking about, family and... Joseph Gordon-Levitt trying to avoid family, but knowing, like, like coming to terms, like, bro, you got to grow up. Seth Rogen's having a kid. Anthony Mackie's, like, lying to his moms and shit. And, yeah. like, all they wanted, all Joseph Gordon-Levitt wants one last holiday with his, like, he, all three of these dudes are so close that they're basically family. They're brothers. And... Two of them are mature and one of them isn't. And this party kind of like brings all this revelation and shit. And I just, I laugh my ass off at this shit every year. 
Ditter, 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 ditter. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. I'm trying so not to die on five? air. Yeah, that was my five. <laughs> uh, my four. And this is interesting. Uh-oh. But it's a new newer movie. The Night Before. It's Violet Night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. That's my number four. I didn't think, you know, like, uh, that's the thing about it's basically the black, you know, dark horror, horror comedy, all that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of, if you think about a lot of horror Christmas movies, you know, I don't know if you would consider this a horror film. Wait, Violent Night with David Harbour? Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's Die Hard in a Mansion. <laughs> that movie is great. But with Santa that, Claus. Yeah. Yep, that would be my number four. <laughs> that would be my number four. It's not horror, though. It's action. It's action, dark comedy. Yeah. Of everything. But there is another one that... Coming up, it'll probably be my next pick, but that's very underrated, I think. So, but Violent Night is my number four. Eric, your number four? My number four is probably um, the most recent movie that's going to be, um, that's Silent come Night. out or whatever. What was that? Silent Night. <laughs> no, not that recent. But recent enough, what, um, five years? No guess. Bad no Mom's Christmas. Air. Nah, so um, one of my favorite actors of all time, Snake Plissken himself. And, oh, um, yeah. The Christmas Chronicles. Yes. Really? Yeah. Those I are good. Those are good. I think that's I've a seen the second underrated one. movie. Mm-hmm. And a pretty good movie. I agree. And um, uh, Netflix original, I think. It's, it's what... I think these traditional... Christmas movies, it has all the elements, and I think it does all of the elements well. And, of course, it doesn't hurt. It's, it's a lar- large part of it, set in Chicago. Um, no, now I see. <laughs> he said, I don't get it. You <laughs> son of a book. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I like it. I think it's, it's a cute movie. It's a good family movie. And it, um, and Kurt Russell was a, a good damn Santa Claus. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he was. I enjoyed those. I even enjoyed the second one. Yeah, and yeah, I can never find time to squeeze in like a rewatch so I can see the second one. And it's, um, well, it's not really like. a spoiler because the second one, you know who's in it. But I think it was mm-hmm. watching the first one for the first time. There's a really awesome, for numerous reasons, a cameo of who Mrs. Claus is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that was that was. I think that was just real awesome. Tr- I mean, leaves a big perfect. smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. Right before it, it goes does. off. It does. I agree. But with yeah, that. Uh, the Christmas Chronicles from 2018. My number four, not four, number four. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I need a cough button. Uh, <laughs> my number four is is a actually good family movie. <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. Is the Santa Claus? Tim Allen's oh, first okay. 
Santa Claus movie. I wa- I watched the night before for an obvious reason, and I watched the Santa Claus for an obvious reason on Christmas Eve every year. It's the weirdest double bill of all time. Uh, yeah, man, it's just like it. The humor is like a little more adult, especially than the sequels. I haven't even watched the show yet. Yet, like mm. I'm never going to. Um, but yeah, like there there's some adult humor in, in a Disney. 1994 release like the kid is like so invested in him like be putting the suit on and then all the weird shit that happens throughout the year is i love it like it might not be like a well executed movie was i think it is bro like it, like i said watching candy cane lane bro like there's something about a holiday movie that just makes it feel worse than a regular bad movie and when a holiday movie is good it kind of elevates it too you know what i'm saying like Tim Allen is good as as Scott Calvin and like businessman putting on weight, can't explain it, and then just accepts that shit at the end, especially when he's got to save his kid. This shit is dope. Man. I love that movie. Yes. So where were we at? Number three or three? Four? Rockets number, number three. three. I don't know. I think people need to talk about this movie more, but Scrooge with Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well. <laughs> that movie. That was your underrated movie. Oh no, it's not there yet. Okay, Scrooge, Scrooge. Okay, that's my number three, so I don't have to do number three with that. That's it's the best version of a Christmas hey. Carol. Period. Okay, yeah. that's all of our number threes. <laughs> oh damn! Let's get there it. There we go. Bill Murray's that's number th- for all the beef between Bill Murray and Richard Donner on set. Bill Murray's peak in this shit. Yeah. Awesome. Fuck yeah. And then Karen Allen. No, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> 80s Karen Allen. So like you mentioned in the group. Yeah, that movie's yeah. fantastic. That's yeah, it's. Fantastic. Um... <laughs> That's I a quote. Care. So, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my sister about this. Um, <laughs> Bobcat Goldquaid. <laughs> Was 26 in this movie. That's a rough 26. <laughs> yeah, you beat me by one second. That's a really rough 26. <laughs> wow. That's but he doesn't look bad now, which is funny. He matured very well. Yeah. Yeah. Was this was this after Police Academy, like some of the Police Academy movies? Yeah, that he yeah did it was after because he appeared yeah. for the first time in part. He was in two, three, and four. Yep. And so it was definitely before uh, Scrooged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, why I know so sh- much about Police Academy, I don't know, but <laughs> I need to get me that 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 Shout Factory set, yeah, man. I've been set. dying for those for years. But um, Scrooged, it's really neat. Um, I like that they have all of Bill Murray's brothers are in the movie. I only know his dad in the in the Christmas past. Yeah, well, his brother in the movie is his brother in real life. His literal brother. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know the guy playing his dad is his brother. Yeah, the guy that plays his brother, brother isn't yeah, his brother. Brian Doyle yeah. Murray. Brian they Doyle look just alike. You can't see it. Yeah. Wait, the dude. The, I forget his name. I just watched shit like three days ago. Mm-hmm. The guy that plays his brother is his real brother. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that that's looking like Cap. <laughs> You can't see it. They literally look just alike. <laughs> and I think the guy who plays his dad is his 
I think older brother. That is, I know, yeah, that's his oldest brother. Yeah. yeah. And Joel Murray is a guest at the um, when they're playing a game at his brother's house. He doesn't have any lines. He's just sitting on a couch. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, you. I thought you would know that. That's funny. No, I didn't even know that was his brother. I knew his brother. I knew the older brother played his dad in the movie. Yeah. And his younger brother, um, keep forgetting the the youngest is. Ah, you have to look Whoa. it up. But yeah. <laughs> when he gave him a like, what about your brother? How? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, yeah, um, great performances all around. Uh, yeah, learn something new. Carol Kane as um, what Christmas present? Niagara Falls. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ghost of Christmas Past. That was um. So for you youngins out there, David Johansson was also a musician back in the day, and what was his name, Sean? Oh, Point Dexter. Buster Point Dexter. Point Dexter. Yep. <laughs> and he had a hit song. Uh, he remade um, uh, Hot, Hot, Hot. Yep. And But he's the ghost of, um, in a little trivia, Sam Kennison was in the running um, for Ghost of Christmas Past. Oh, man. So Sam Kennison I- was a, a comedian from back in the day, Randy. Um, I'm familiar <laughs> with the name. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think Buster Point Dexter did it did it well. Sam Kinison, yeah. that would have been real. It's, I'm curious what it would have been like. Yeah, yeah, it was real interesting. And John Glover is um you know the guy who's threatening um um Francis's job or Frank Cross's job, and he's real good. It's it's just like all around. Um, yeah, I don't see. And um, yeah, and that was like you said, Randy. He's like Niagara Falls, Frankie. That was a good scene. That was um, yeah, yeah it was. And when his mother is kissing him good night, and he's yeah, uh, uh, and then when he he meets um, and it's oh, it's it's so many funny parts. It's like all pouring in. But I'm gonna let y'all. I'm, I've been doing all the talking. <laughs> nah, nah. I mean, that's one of the and the funny thing about that movie screws. Like I remember when it came out as a kid, I was never interested <laughs> in watching it. And then it finally came out. My brother gave it to me as a gift. Got me the movie for Christmas one year. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to wa- actually sit down and watch it. Because I would always catch parts of it. And I fell in love with the movie. I'm like, this movie's dope. The movie's fantastic. Yeah. And so, people forget. Um, well, of course, I'm too young to have known. But you go back and research. Bill Murray was on a little bit of a uh, hiatus. Um, from 84 to 88, he wasn't in a major role. He had a cameo in Little Shop of Horrors in 86. Word. But other than that, he was not in the movie for four years. Wow. Never knew that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's wild. I don't know why. He, he was in two movies in 84, Ghostbusters and Rager's Edge. And other than that, cameo and uh, never found out. Nobody ever know. Nobody never knew why he took that break. Hmm. And if you know anything about Bill Murray, you know... Um, he has an 800 number to get in contact with him with. He doesn't have a manager or an agent. And he has this number. He ain't got to pay and nobody. He's very hard to get in contact with. Like, um, uh, what's it? Sophia Coppola. She offered him the part. And literally, days before filming, he just showed up to the set for um, Lost in Translation. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. That, that is a Bill Murray yeah. thing, though. 
it, it definitely and but um yeah and there was um i'm trying to find this richard downer quote that he said about uh bill murray it's funny but we'll go back to it and um uh, so here it is. Um, so this is Bill Murray's quote on Richard Donner. Uh-oh. He said, every single minute of the day, that could have been a really great movie. The script was good. There's maybe one take in the final cut. That's mine. And we made it so fast. It was like doing a movie live. He kept telling me to do things louder, louder, and louder. And I think he was deaf. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Murray said that about um, uh, Richard Donner. And Richard Donner said about Bill Murray, he said, Bill Murray is the best person that Bill Murray will ever work with. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> well, didn't, like, on a different Not project, no. didn't, uh, I think it's called What About Bob? Bill Murray and um, Richard, uh, Richard Dreyfuss. They, they, they hated each other. They yeah. Each other. A lot of that on the screen was easy for Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> yeah. Because he was really? annoyed with him. But but one thing about Scrooge, when is the last time, how recently have y'all seen it? Days ago. I saw y'all. Yep, a couple of days ago. Yep, same here. So shouts out, man. Danny Elfman should have like 10 Oscars. Bro, I was just thinking that. Not no. And it's insane. Um, These scores, like, you you know, it sounded the same, but it didn't. You knew a Danny Elfman score when you heard it. You know what's crazy? What's what's crazy about that is that, you know, since being on the show and doing the show with you guys, like, Mm -hmm. I would just watch a movie and not even pay attention to the opening credits or whatever. Now, watching movies, I look and see who's, you know, directing, who's you know, wrote the score. the mu- And Danny Elfman was the one who did, like you said, Eric, for Scrooge. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, he did this. Like, I'm learning, like I said, every time I see a movie, I'm learning something new about somebody who's, like, been around for so long that, yeah. like, I know of now, but didn't know that, damn, that was him back then, you know? Rick oh, is yeah. here to educate. <laughs> no, definitely, for real. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's break one more time, and then we'll do two and one. Excellent. So I'm going to cheat here. Rocket show number two. two. Yep, I'm cheating. Two of them are tied for number two. I'm cheating for my number one. So uh, to me, it's a Christmas story. Trash. Right? What the? (laughs) Bruh. I I grew up with Christmas. Love love that movie. I bet you did. (laughs) I grew grew up with that movie, but that's my number two. But tied with it is the movie that I say I think means... A little bit more love, and it's underrated. It's better watch out. Oh. People don't... I like it. I need to rewatch little, it. it. It's definitely a different... It has a twist to it, but I've I, seen it now. I think the, years the twist row, is when I like, now it's like knocked points off. I, I start catching little things here and there prior to what ends up happening. Talking- so... What was that, Eric? Oh, he hung like, up. Oh, nice. Yeah, like, I watched it when it first came out, and I thought it was cool. And now I don't remember the twist, but I remember something and ha- something happening that yeah. I wasn't in love with. So, I just enjoyed it. It's it's different watching it. Like I said, this year again, because I'd never seen it until 
last year, I think. Okay. I was like, oh, damn. And then so I watched it again and pretty much just you start noticing little, like once you know what the outcome is, you start looking for other things and you start, you know, seeing newer things. All that right. So, so streaming on Prime, uh, with Prime and Peacock, because uh, I have not seen it. I will. It's, it's a cool, it's a cool little movie. I'm gonna check cool that out movie. tonight. Yeah, the, the yeah. two kids from the visit and the Peter Pan from the Hugh Jackman Peter Pan. Yeah, that's all I remember. Interesting. Yeah. There's it's knives cool. it's and a cool slasher movie. I enjoyed it, but I think it needs to be like I said. It's it's definitely in the horror horror category. So, but those are my number twos. With basically, like I said, a Christmas story. And I and I have to check out technically the real sequel to a Christmas story. I think it's called like a Christmas story yeah, story Christmas, or something. Yeah, a Christmas Christmas oh, something like that. Like, yeah, I haven't yeah. watched that either. For whatever reason, and like Nick Nick holds my my feet to the coals on this. <laughs> For whatever reason, as a kid, I never saw a Christmas story. Mm, I yeah. the first time I saw it, I was grown like two or three years ago. Yeah. It, it, it's it, it's it's tailored to yeah, me. It's just, it takes place yeah. in, Indiana. <laughs> in Indiana. There's a character named Randy. I should yeah. love this shit, but for whatever <laughs> reason, these little crybaby yeah. ass kids, I do not love a Christmas story. Yeah. I don't know. It has some, a lot to do. I don't know um, Christmas story. So first of all, Black Christmas, racist, and Christmas story is directed by the same person. Crazy. It's true. <laughs> but now go ahead um it's interesting i know it had to have been extremely dated when you watched it but now go ahead no nah, that's it that's, your number two my number two. Oh, it's me <laughs> oh it's my turn hold on one second hold on one mississippi two mis- seconds up uh, dead air Dead air. Dead air. Dead air talk. Bro, I can't, I can't wait till Cygnus Cinema Podcast get resurrected. I'm going to be on that wait, motherfucker, wait. and I'm just not going to say shit for like five straight <laughs> hey, minutes. Man. I'm doing this for y'all, for the children. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be writing reports right now. Sigmund is for the kids. It's for the children. <laughs> no, but um, my number two is... Pleasures of Flesh. Come again? Pleasures of the Flesh? From from two thousand four, and um, yeah, it was a pretty good movie. Um, <laughs> my number two is the, the Polar Express. Express. Oh yeah, that's mid too. <laughs> nah, I like that. Man. So sorry, Mister Zemeckis. <laughs> Randy, you that... I never you be the, the Jerry Cisco of the group. <laughs> man, man. just that's a sad movie. If you, if you when, think about it, that's a sad. Movie. When the Polar Express came out, two thousand four, I was I was. Mm. In tech school, I didn't get a chance to go see it. Another one that I didn't see for like 15, 20 years later, the first two times I tried to watch it, like 2016 oh, and What's 2017, I think I fell asleep. Yeah, it is. So it's fine. I was one of the few. I don't know if they re-released it. I actually, funny enough, the movie initially didn't do well. But it, like later in its run, it grew and made more yeah. and more money. The word of mouth got out there. Now, I'm not claiming it's the greatest Christmas movie ever, but I think it's underappreciated. Ah, man, we, we like it. definitely we like. underrated. Mm-hmm. And, I agree um, with that. 
shout out to, to Robert Zemeckis and a lot of filmmakers like him. Um, you look back, no one the like technology him. can be a bit dated. It's that uncanny valley, you know, with um, that dead eye look with the animation. But I think it's still fantabulous animation is um, one of the most awesome. Um, you know, it's it's not cheating, but there's an awesome sequence that's it's a one take scene that has to do with the um, one of the passengers tickets. I think that's one of the, the most awesome scenes. And um, and Robert Zemeckis, this his his animation, his direction of animation, and it, it's just fantastic. The movie is going to be twenty next year, and yeah, I think it holds great. up. And Tom Hanks plays no less than five characters, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and of course Tom Hanks is going to be Tom Hanks for the most part, and I think he's good in this movie. Yeah. He's the conductor. He's Santa Claus. He's um the whole on top of the train. He's yep. a ghost. So yeah, it's I think it's a good movie and a good family movie. But yeah, it's, it's definitely I think it's extremely underrated and should be talked about more. I and, agree. And this movie is this movie on four K. Pretty sure. Yeah. I, yep. It dropped on four yeah, K. And, and I think this movie probably looks uh, better. Spantaculous. <laughs> Mm-hmm. On 4K, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my number two though. Um, Polar Express. Uh, give it another shot, Randy. Next year, Randy, Randy just, just, just hating on all our picks. Like, man, I'm what? not big on Zemeckis's Christmas Carol either. He, he going, um, yeah, Randy, all Rick James on our couch with the with our picks. <laughs> I'm Rick James, bitch. Hey, oh. my my number two's already come up, so y'all can't hate on my shit. What's number two? Your number two. Guess. Die uh, hard. Was it? There you go. Circle gets the square. <laughs> there you go. This is Christmas music. I just, I just, I fucking love. I love Die Hard. Yeah, it's uh, this isn't my cheat, movie. but this isn't my cheat, but it could be because Die Hard Two is a Christmas movie too. That I think. I think Die Hard Two is the second best action movie ever. The first is True Lies to me. Oh, really? That's that's yeah. interesting. Because I think uh, Wait, what? Die Hard is always getting all the props. Um, Die Hard 2 um, gets not forgotten about, but not necessarily talked about. Like, it, yeah, underappreciated. Just like I said about... Um, it's like the stepchild of the franchise. <laughs> well, when it's the third or fourth best movie in its own franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard 2? What? I like Live Free or Die Hard and With a Vengeance better than Die Hard 2. The only bad movie in the Die Hard franchise is the one that we're not going to talk Russia about. One. Yeah, fuck that movie. Whoa, whoa, sorry, YouTube. <laughs> Indeed, fuck a good day to die well, hard. A good yeah. day to go fuck yourself. But now, die, yeah. It's, but Die Hard is it's classic. And yeah. Yeah. It's just what it is. But um, yeah, no. Hey, John Boy, <laughs> the cops are here. Once you let them do their job, I remember a specific quote. Yeah, you're like, oh, and um, Alan Rickman. I'm not the one that just is... got butt fucked on national television. <laughs> but yeah, skip you too. We going all in with the f bombs. <laughs> Alan Rickman's first movie. That's crazy. crazy. That's wild. That is so crazy. Uh huh. And like. Um, 
You know what's interesting with this? Actually watching this movie with the German person. Yeah, I dated, um, back in the day, your boy dated a German chick. Nice. And, um, so you remember the scene, um, Guten Morgen to you. <laughs> no, when they, when they start shooting out the glass, cause, uh, Hans realized he doesn't have any shoes on. Mm-hmm. And there's a question. He, he says something to, um, Carl in, um, German. He's a sheet and festa. And he looks at him weird. And then Hans rolls his ass, shoot the glass. Right. So I, I was curious, you know, after um, we were having sex and we watched the movie, I asked her, <laughs> asked her, like, why did he look at him like that? What That's the equivalent say? of a name drop. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, she said and she said um, Alan Richmond's German is actually pretty decent. But the translation wasn't um, he translated himself wrong. He didn't say shoot the glass in German. When he said it in German, he said shoot the window. Oh. Mm. And that's why Carl looked at him funny. <laughs> and so that's that's like um some yeah. And then he says it in English, shoot the glass. So, like 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 Randy said, we're here to educate you. Thank you. <laughs> Even the host gets educated. Uh, Even the host uh, gets educated. Uh, so what's next? Uh, Number one. Oh uh, yeah, to everybody me? went. Rockets number one. That was your number two, right? Yeah, that was my number two. My number one is Holiday. All right, there you go. Just mentioned that, that earlier. I was about to. Didn't we already that, talk about this? No, nah, that's my number one. Is Holiday? Oh, that. All right. So explain it to the young and Randy what that movie is about, please. I mean, you got Big Crosby, you got Fred Astaire. I mean, ain't no Chingy on the soundtrack though. That's a flop. No man, but it's like like <laughs> Eric, Eric said. You know, that's basically the song where white, you know, white Christmas came from. I swear and I thought you were about to say white people. This was the song, White Christmas. And then what was it like 10 years later, they made the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just wild because back at that time, that movie's great. You know, you have Fred Astaire. It is, if you think about the movie, it's crazy. You have, in the beginning of the movie, you got Bing Crosby, Fred Astaire, and they're an act with this female. Well, Bing Crosby is engaged, or he thinks he's engaged to marry his co-partner, you know, her. Well, she mm-hmm. doesn't want to, he wants to, he wants to retire from dancing and the, and the performing and performing. And behind his back, she's dating Fred Astaire and they're engaged. It, the movie's wild. It, if you yeah. think about it, that doesn't like, sound very Christmassy. It's Christmas, all right. Sure so very Christmassy. You you yeah, can't be sure. out here chastising John McClane no. when you talk no. about some infidelity love triangle shit, <laughs> hey, and they just got a Christmas yeah, tree but, in the background. But it's funny because if you think about it, what's happening there? Like nowadays, oh, the people be dying left and right about situations like that. But yeah, it it's, it's wild how it was back then. You know, he leaves, he moves, he finds a little spot, calls it Holiday Inn, and there's this other actress or this lady who wants to become an actress or performer, and she meets Fred Astaire and his agent, and they send her up there. It, it's wild, it's crazy, and it, it and the triangle starts all over again. But it's it's a fun movie. Damn, it's a fun movie. Have you ever seen it, Randy? No. 
<laughs> you gotta watch it. You gotta yeah. watch it. At least definitely once. seen it years ago. It's on. Um, it's streaming somewhere. I looked it up last week. I forgot. The Bible. The <laughs> <laughs> oh Holiday God. Inn is streaming on um, on Prime. the black and white version, and they recently colorized. It's wild. It. Yeah, they colorized it on the Blu-ray. It's streaming on an old box TV. But yet when they TV. dropped it on 4K, they just left it in black and white. So it's streaming yeah. on a television set with an antenna on it. So, and there's a story <laughs> behind that too. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about that. We got to get off to a whole other thing. So, my what, number one. What's your number one? Yep. I'm gonna say this, and y'all tell me what movie it is. What a big piece of trivia. In the movie, Nerd. the main character. Watches an old Christmas video from 1955 on a reel to reel. So, the fuck? From 55 to the year this movie came out is the same amount of time from 2023 back to when the movie came out. So, the same amount of time he's watching his old childhood video for is the same amount of time it is from 1989 to now. Nobody told me there's gonna be math involved. Right. <laughs> so it's Christmas vacation. In, so in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase is uh, he gets trapped in an attic, and he's yeah. watching his old um, his old Christmas videos or whatever. And it's, it says 1955 in one of the videos, 55 to 89, 30, 34 years, 89 to 2023. Yeah, 34 years. That's that's long. Yeah, and that's that's that's. That's the movie, Jimmy. Geek, geek Somebody brought that to my attention. Like, damn. And I want to share hey, another story with y'all because I love y'all. I remember going to see this movie. 89 uh, is the most memorable year, I think, at my youngest. I remember going to see Batman. Damn. I remember going to see Lethal Weapon 2. I remember going to see Christmas Vacation. I went to see Christmas Vacation with my auntie, uncle, and my cousin, who's the same age as me. This is the day I realized I will hate my uncle forever. <laughs> so um, my auntie is my, my mom's sister. So so anyway, we're going Christmas vacation. My uncle goes to get some popcorn. They start showing previews. They showed a preview for RoboCop 2. And here I am. How old was I in 1989? Young. About 15. <laughs> About 15 with your old ass. <laughs> so I was I was seven. So here's Robocop Robocop. Robocop 2. I'm an excited seven-year-old. So who else can I relate to that's there? Now my auntie, not my cousin who's a female. My uncle comes back. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Like, uncle, you missed it. They showed a preview. Robocop 2. That without shit missing look a, weak. Without missing a beat. My uncle looked at me and said, Ain't nobody going to see that shit. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, oh. kid, screw your dreams. Santa Claus don't exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut up. Oh. Let's go watch Harlem oh, Nights, young blood. And the look, oh. my, my the look, my auntie had on her face. She had such a look of disappointment when he said that to me. Like, come on, you don't talk to no seven year old like yeah. that. Oh, but anyway, gosh. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, it shows there's a meme where they show Clark Griswold from the movie. And it says, as Shitter's the forward. older I get, the more I relate to this guy. For sure. And you can see um, the comedy is great. It's, it's, a lot of it is slapstickish. 
but you can see the stress of him wanting everything to go right for the yeah. holiday. Families coming over, um, neighbors you don't like, relatives you don't like. Bruh. Come on, this movie is perfect when it's um, coming to the Christmas. You know, you're going shopping, um, you, 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 good-looking women flirting with you. Hey. <laughs> hey, look at that, Russ. You can't see the tan line, can you? <laughs> and... Oh, oh, work, work. Um, I've been, I've been in that situation. Where I, I, um, we should have that bonus situation. Um, remember he's um the meeting is over and everybody's leaving. Like, how you doing? You're like, um, mm-hmm. okay. eat shit. Yeah, uh, how you doing? Yourself. Kiss, eat shit. Kiss his ass. Kiss my <laughs> ass. <laughs> and um, and shout out to the great, late great John Hughes, uh, who wrote the movie. John Hughes is on fire. Like. Bro. Un- until he's just stopped. Yeah, as far as as far, especially in the eighties. But um, yeah. And this was supposed to be. There's a controversy with it. Just like Bill Murray, Chevy Chase has has a reputation. Oh yeah. Um, who directed Home Alone? Um, Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus was Columbus. supposed to direct Christmas Vacation. Yeah. And um, Chevy Chase uh, put a stop to that. Um. Chris Columbus. I think that's uh, why he got talking about it. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly why he got it. Because John Hughes, he put him on Home Alone. But um, yeah, Christmas Christmas Vacation, I think, is um, the quintessential Christmas movie. It, ha- it has everything, and and I know in in my years, I've I've had that rant that he's had at the end <laughs> during the holidays, and at least. And I know a lot of people have at least thought about having that rant. Oh, yeah. But, you know, other than that, this movie is, is um, comedic gold. Like, um, every little line, like when he, his neighbors, his neighbor was David Duchovny, right? It was Julia Louis-Dreyfus and... Well, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm thinking something else. It was Julie, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I always thought that was David Duchovny, the other guy, no, her, um, it her was... significant other. Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I'm sorry. But um, when she asked him when they're going in the house and she said something along the lines of, um, uh, where are you going to put that tree? You're like, you been nowhere, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> Just, was you know, all the Chevy Chase's little... Nicholas Guest. Yeah, Nicholas, there you go. But no, that's that's my movie. I, I love that movie. I'm, I watch it every year. Tradition. I watch it every two or three. Yeah. It, if we were doing 10, I'd mention it. But, yeah, uh, but no, nah, that's 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 definitely into my number one. It's a real, yeah, meaningful Christmas movie. My number, this is my number one, and I'm kind of glad Nick isn't here for this. Oh, no. My number one is my cheat, and my number one is, is Home Alone and Home Alone Two. Speaking of Chris Columbus, ah, okay, 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 all it's, right. <laughs> Home Alone Two with like the Tim Curry shit and the Rob Schneider shit may be a little funnier, but like it just it just doesn't top the original. I watch I watch Christmas Day without fail. I'm watching Home Alone. The 26th without fail. I'm watching Lost in New York every year. Yeah, yeah. No other Home Alone movie <laughs> you know, exists to me. Go ahead. I think um, Home Alone, Home Alone One, Home Alone Two, has in common <clears throat> what Beverly Hills Cop and Beverly Hills Cop Two have in common. Elaborate. <clears throat> Is Home Alone Two better than the first one? Not in my opinion. Does Home Alone 2 do a lot of things 
better than the first one. Sure. Right. That's what Beverly Hills Cop is definitely not better overall than part one. But it does quite a few things a lot better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I can't disagree. Yeah. And Home Alone <laughs> 2, I think um, <laughs> we were talking about the brick scene in the group, weren't we? <laughs> suck brick, kid. Like, suck brick, kid. I mean, just the just the, the slapstickish stuff with the, yeah. the seesaw thingy and him it's landing like, on the car. Home Alone 2 is way sillier than the first one, but it all yeah. works. It all works. It's it's the Thor and, and the, thing. The movie the movie knows it. Yeah, like with the skeleton and the electrocution. Yes, I mean, Love and Thunder tries to do so much that Ragnarok did, but it's they lay it on way too thick. Yes, Home Alone two. Chris Columbus, the writers, everybody involved in Home Alone two knew exactly where to cut it off. They knew where to pull yeah. back. Yeah, it's a certain. <laughs> and you know what's disturbing? Like man, they were they were straight. Like when they caught him and took him to the park, okay, they were straight about to blow his hand off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, man, you, you think about that. <laughs> That's why it's great, though. Like the silliness with the, the house and the traps is is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like Harry and Marv are still bad people. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, it yeah. Definitely home alone. Home alone. Yeah, but but, but like, you gotta tell me if any one of y'all. Um, so Kevin's father was definitely a criminal. Not no. I think he was a lawyer for a criminal or something. <laughs> Kevin, you spent nine hundred forty-eight dollars on room service. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, what else is Chicago known for? Crime. Oh, 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 Crime. oh ain't, ain't, ain't that about it. <laughs> Got him. But man, like, I want to shout out like the holiday, Just Friends, Harold and Kumar, Bad Santa, Elf, The Family Man, Trading mm-hmm. Places, Last Christmas. There's so many good Christmas movies that we didn't mention. Yeah. yeah. Friday That's After the, Next, Jingle All the Way, The Nightmare Before Christmas, which yeah. I feel like I'm in the minority. Sorry, Eric. Which Uh-oh. Grinch do y'all prefer? I feel like the Illumination Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch is a little better. Um, as far as what? Better than the original, original Grinch? or No, the Ron Howard Grinch. The, the, Ron, the, yeah, the Jim Carrey Grinch. No, I agree with that. That's easy. My best okay. my best character in Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch is uh, Keenan Thomas's character, Mr. Bicker. What's his name? Bicker? Slap, oh, close close enough. Bitter. That's my favorite character, ever, but oh yeah, I don't know. I would, I would say obviously the Grinch, the original is the original, but not the TV special. Like, the TV special is undefeated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's in its own category. Bicklebaum. It's funny because I just saw we just saw the Jim Carrey one two days ago, mm. and I showed my wife, and she's like, she thinks it's okay because if you think about it, it's a lot of. Uh, inappropriate stuff said you know like that goes over kids heads and all that oh yeah but like when that came out get away with that yeah but i mean nowadays they probably people want to burn the film down so i mean it's like (laughs) it's it's just it's 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 a movie of its time in a sense if you want to put it that way so um damn where was i gonna go 
But like Randy, like you said, though, there are a lot of them that we did not name. Yeah, I, hell like, yeah. Like, one of my favorites, and I still have to buy it, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I grew up with the Jim Henson stuff. You know, that, I grew up with that. No, oh, yeah. Is that another Being one from on 1943? Shut up, man. <laughs> 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 um, oh, man. Man, so this was the last group conversation of the year. The next... Like, let me know when y'all available, like, the week of Christmas. The next two episodes is going to be how I do that top five favorite movies of the year, five most anticipated for next year. The next group podcast will be, like, January 7th. And that'll be a first quarter preview. I'll be back to wrap it up. You better wrap that gavel up, B. It's it's (laughs) Rick League Podcast. Yo, yo, I'm a beast, I'm a creature. Throw me a few G's for a feature. You can get cats whack raps cause it's cheaper. On the reluctant, I can step up, be a leader. You can't deal with the consequences of your decisions. That's not on you. When I take charge though, that's a foul on you. Halliburton type shooters, even if the release funky. Running point, set the pace. When I pull up, it's money. She about to need way more than 16 candles to catch this long dug dong. We all struggle. Count your blessings, not what the fuck's wrong. The way I beat them with these bars, I'm feeling like I'm Kimbo Slice. Final destination, and I beat death twice. They think they got me figured out. That's a hardcore no way. Especially these women's. I got a dodger like Shohei. Except for one, if it ain't her, Killer Mike say I gotta run. 16 bars out this bitch and I think that I'm done. Chill until the next episode.